Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional from Australia, Erin Wen Aichu. Erin, welcome to the show. Hi, nice. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you. Erin is the co-founder and national convener, convener for the Asian-Australian Alliance, She's the chief executive officer of Flix Asia Private Limited. Uh, she's a social activist, a freelance writer, an entrepreneur and thought leader who has dedicated a good part of the last 10 years in addressing social issues impacting the Asian Australian community. She's also received the Edna Ryan Award for Advocacy and Activism uh, and among the 40 under 40 most influential Asian Australians. So Erin, what an amazing journey you've had before we talk about the Asian Australian Alliance, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Yeah, so I think my own journey has been quite interesting. I, and I think uh, one thing I did want to mention is that um, I actually was brought up in, you know, like um, a lot of, particularly when you come from Asian migrant parents who migrated to the West from Asia, they have certain ideas and ideals that they want the next generation, their children mm. to pursue. Usually a very stable career, either being a medical doctor, lawyer, um, you know, something that, you know, gives an them that stability. An engineer. That, yeah, engineer, that model minority, right? Accountant, things like that. Absolutely. And I think up all the way up to until I finished high school um, and um, I remember I did tell my parents, oh, oh you know, I like to, I probably will apply to study um, Bachelor of Arts. And my my mom was like, you know, what's painting mm -hmm. um, going to help you with your career? So in her mind, arts was just about painting. Correct. But at the end, I uh, pursued a Bachelor of Business in Economics at University of Technology, Sydney, because... I guess, you know, I thought, okay, I'll just go with the mold, right? Um, but I, as soon as I started university, I started getting involved in youth politics mm -hmm. and started, you know, I, you know, tried to find where I would belong in terms of political ideals. At the end, I first joined the Labour Party and um, got involved at a university level. And then as I progressed, I got involved in student politics, mm -hmm. Um, at the university so did the whole university council and did all that um, and then I um, also kind of got involved in state level of youth politics so I did any what you know any people who are involved in youth politics will totally understand all the processes and that becomes your entire life mm. but I guess in many ways that taught me so many lessons in terms of understanding that politics is not just in politics as a definition but is in everywhere everything you do there's going to be some type of politics and I think once I finished university I did go and do a graduate position at a, a major Australia bank um, at a graduate position and then I, I think I only lasted about three four months I gave up halfway and I decided to work for the trade union movement okay. and so for the next quite a big chunk of my youth was working in there, but also doing all the politics stuff, mm. campaigning, coordinating campaigns. Um, and so a lot of my journey has been focused on that. And at some point I decided to leave politics and so not to work mm. 
or be part of a political party anymore because I wanted to do something that will impact on the Asian Australian community. And um, after a few travels back and forth to the US and working with a lot of Asian American groups and activists, um, I went back to Australia and thought in 2013, I formed the Asian Australian Alliance um, as a loose network to just talk about issues which are common among all the Asian Australian community. So I know there's a question about later on. So um, I guess I'll kind of stop there. So I guess from there. Oh, no, that's fantastic. Thank you. You seem to have had such an amazing journey, I mean, you know, into politics and then out of it. Uh, but let me start talking about uh, the Asian Australian Alliance. Yeah. With my first question, how do you define the term Asian? Yeah, so a lot of people actually ask that question. You know, what do you mean by Asian? And so a lot of us, you know, how we always explain is, first of all, it's, um, you know, if you identify as being Asian, that's the first point. So it doesn't matter whether you're 10% Asian or 50% or full Asian, you know, if you want to contribute um, to the community, then, you know, we are quite welcoming. Mm -hmm. And usually we actually go by the definitions actually stipulated in the um, Australian Bureau of Statistics or the census mm -hmm. data. We have different things to talk about what Asia is. So if we're talking about it, we consider the gener generic categories are East Asian, Southeast Asian, South Asian, Central Asian, Western Asian. Mm. You know, we are anyone who has mixed blood, um, Asian, so then, you know, mixed Asian and something else, um, you know, it's also quite welcoming, you know. So um, that's def that's how we kind of identify as Asian. And a lot of people also ask what, you know, is Asian Australian so that's an, mm. also another interesting term they ask what, what do you mean by Asian yeah. and in that sense it's a, we just say that you know you don't have to be a citizen as long as you identify right mm. as being in that sense very interesting and you know you said that you formed it to handle some of the social issues that are impacting uh, the Asian Australian community uh Erin, tell me, what are some of the social issues that are impacting the Asian Australian community? Yeah, so I think if we kind of, I'll move from, I guess, current stuff and move a bit backwards mm -hmm. in that sense. Mm -hmm. So I guess one of the most in-your-face situations that has impacted on Asian Australians is the COVID-19 pandemic and the mm -hmm. racism that mm -hmm. came out of that. And mm -hmm. at the start of the pandemic, so let's just say about, start of 2020 and of 2019 when it just mm. first started it was people who were perceived and keep in mind unfortunately there are a lot of Australian non-Asian Australians who cannot tell the difference between Southeast Asian East Asian etc mm. people who perceive to be East Asian looking mm. were targeted um, for racial attacks mm. so that was the first kind of way so did a lot of work in that area and then as we got along we found that the blame started to get shifted and then people of south asian descent particularly with the indian travel ban that happened mm. um you know when india had a lot of COVID cases and a yeah. lot of indian australians were not able to come back to australia when they tried to leave mm. so um that discrimination mm. was there too mm. so we can see that so that was one of, that's one of the biggest things and then mm. another thing that that's been quite big also is looking at representation issues so mm. um i think in australia we use the term the bamboo ceiling so it's basically a ceiling 
when you are Asian, you cannot mm. get past in terms of being promoted in corporate, um, in the media, in not-for-profit sector, in politics, etc. So we're basically saying that we are still quite invisible. Mm. Um, considering the Asian population in Australia is around about 17, 18% now. Okay. Um, but when we look at what's look at this what on TV, if we um, Australian TV, if we look at the Australian major Australian companies, we are still um we're lacking in that representation. Mm. So that's another issue that we talk about as well. And also other things as well is just mm. to recognize um Asian Australians do exist, that mm. we have been here for a really long time. Mm. Not, we're not we haven't just arrived at the 60s and 70s, but we we've been here since gold rush period and even before that so mm. one of the earliest histories of asians are obviously indonesian fishermen who mm. came to australia way before colonization and they traded with the first nation australians mm. um, and then also we have the chinese um you know the chinese who came to australia for the gold rush period and mm. then we also have the sikh punjabis who came mm. to australia for um, you know, who came as laborers, who came, who came as soldiers of the Commonwealth, but and then later on they stayed on and, and they started um, creating um, fruit farms, particularly mm -hmm. in regional New South Wales. So you go to places like in regional New South Wales in the north, mm -hmm. you see there's a huge Sikh temple there, and that's uh, remnants of that community that's been mm -hmm. growing there. So um, a lot of it is also to talk about that history of Asian Australians. There's history of Indigenous and Asian, um, you know, having, you know, getting married Correct. and having in these marriages. So this history mm. as well that's hardly told in Australia, we feel needs to be told. Mm. So really for us, it's just about creating that platform um, to have these conversations, to have these discussions, mm. to do all these different projects that can deliver um, some outcomes or some awareness. And so mm. we feel that until, you know, the day when we're not needed um, and any group in Australia that kind of stands up for these issues, mm. that's going to be a good, that means we already reached mm. that benchmark for now, well we're said. still behind. Well said. But, you know, you mentioned, um, Erin, that 18, 17-18% of uh, Australia are Asian Australians. And if yet there is uh, continuous, uh, if there continues to be challenges, is it because mm -hmm. this Asian Australian community itself is very diverse? Yeah, so um, there's a few things with that. So I think, first of all, yes, the Asian Australian community is very, very diverse. Um, you know, we, you know, we come, we come in all different ways. So we, some came in the early days, as I said, in history, mm. um, some have migrated as students, particularly mm. during, you know, one of the biggest ways was Colombo plan, mm. particularly with Southeast Asian students coming to Australia. And then we have those who came um, through conflict, particularly mm. through the Indo-China, you know, the Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, um, conflict um, and then later on coming on skilled visas and international students and things mm -hmm. like that so mm -hmm. how they've migrated here is very diverse but one of the biggest issues on why there there are a lot of challenges for mm -hmm. Asian Australians in Australia is because they they're still it's still a very Anglo-Celtic white centric society mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that's what the majority is so um, and I think a lot, particularly even our own Asians, kind of kind of um, get it wrong. Like I can remember growing up, my parents mm. would always tell me, "Oh, don't be like the Aussies." Mm. So to them, in their head, the Aussies are white, 
skinned people. Mm. The rest of us are something else. And I think that goes back to if you're Asian, if you're, you know, you don't even have to be, if you're Asian looking, if you're black skin, if you're brown skin, if you just look different mm. and you don't look like the majority, you are considered as a perpetual foreigner mm. and you're always othered, you know, so you, they look at you and they think, oh, you know, where is this person from? And I think that this is where the problem is. So even though, yes, the population is growing, um, but um, we are not readily seen. And the other thing that I think in a way it, it was good for Asians, but also holds Asians back is mm. the model minority myth. Mm. So a lot of Asians who obviously migrated, particularly those who came as international students, kind of more in the early periods of the 50s, 60s, 70s, those who came through conflict situations, um, and then those who came on, you know, skilled visas and things like that, kind of in that time period, mm. you know, they come to Australia and they said, look, we appreciate it and we feel grateful that this country has given us this great opportunity. And Australia has given them great opportunity, able to get a job. Um, they're able to buy a house, have a car, their kids go to school. And so they push this idea of having good education mm. for their children so they can go to university and have their careers and follow that on. Mm. And so this idea that we continue to do that and we don't voice up when there are issues. So if we are, you know, like victims of racism, sometimes, you know, the idea is, you know, just let it go. Mm. You know, let's not say anything, let's let it go. Um, you know, just ignore it, um, you know, don't get involved in politics, don't go and speak up, mm. just do your thing, keep your head down. And so where that was a goal of, a, I think, more of a previous generation, mm. if we kind of use that term now, it has actually worked against the community and it has made right. the majority, with the, so the white Anglo-Celtic Australians look at, a, and even Europeans who mm. you know, are considered white, look at Asians think, oh, you know, they're not interested in politics. Mm. They're just, they're not interested in speaking up. They're just happy to be where they are. They are grateful to the government of the day. doesn't matter which government it is. Um, and they just want to, you know, that's, that's how Asians work. Correct. So when Asians do speak out, we then get targeted very easily because then we don't fit that mold. So everyone mm. needs to fit a certain mold right. and we just don't fit that mold. Mm. You also speak about, when I was looking at your website and uh, when I'm reading about all the work you're doing, you also speak about two other areas. You know, we've spoken about racism, a little bit of maybe about representation, yeah. but you also speak about LGBTQI, IQ yes. and, and domestic violence against Asian Australian yeah. women. Talk to me about both these and the work you're doing there. Yes. So basically, um, so we when we talk about the LGBTIQ community, um, we kind of look at it as particularly in 2017 when Australia went through the marriage, had the marriage equality vote. So all Australians were given the vote whether mm -hmm. they, they wanted or they did not want marriage equality. And so um, I think, you know, there is a lot of misinformation that was particularly going around at that time, mm. you know, distributed to different Asian communities that um, about, you know, man and man getting married, woman and woman getting married, et cetera, et cetera. And so we took the position that, at you know, the decision is everyone's individual decision. But at the end of the day, um, a lot of our Asian slash Asian Australian community do identify mm. it. LGBTIQ. Mm. Yeah. You know, they are they are friends, they are siblings, they are children. 
they're our colleagues, they're our acquaintances, mm. you know. And so if we are going to be united, if we are able to fight the good fight, then we need to support that. And how do we do that is that we got elders um, who of Asian background to come and talk about the importance because, you know, in we know in our Asian culture, we have this reverence and this respect for our elders. Correct. You know, so those who, you know, come, you know, who have a lot of experience, you know, to talk about these issues. And we also explain that, in actual fact, there's no such thing as a traditional family unit. This idea that a married man and woman with two mm. or three children is what the definition of family is no longer the thing. You know, Correct. children grow up with a whole range of different family structures. Mm. Um, so what that's one thing that we do. And the other thing is that if you are Asian and you identify as LGBT, particularly, you are even more invisible. Mm. So someone like myself who's considered as heterosexual, I am, you know, I, I already feel invisible. But if, you know, other Asians who are um, who identify as LGBT and they're Asian, they get that double layer mm-hmm. of discrimination, you know, and it's not just from the outside community, but it's also for within our own Asian community with our own prejudices against people who identify as LGBT. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get that. And then the question of safety also, because there's, you know, you know, we've, you know, family safety, mental health, things like that. But also, um, you know, they get the racism and there's also discrimination within the LGBT movement when, you know, same kind of thing with the heteronormative type racism, where it's the, you know, the majority, you know, being discriminating. So they get that too. So they, they're just quite invisible. So Asian Australian Alliance, one of the things that we always try to talk about is to ensure that we are inclusive, um, that we are progressive in terms of advancing causes, mm. uh, but we uh, but we remain, um, you know, very, pretty much um, non-political in terms mm. that, you know, we don't support any particular side of politics, but we are, we want to be inclusive. So I think standing up for LGBT issues is quite important because it is part of our community. Mm. Um, and like I said, they're even more invisible. Mm. And then when we talk about the um, domestic violence, mm. um, I think one of the most unspoken things in Australia is the, you know, even just in the g- general Australian community, domestic violence is mm. already very to talk about and if we look at our Asian community that's even more difficult and um, when we talk about language barriers cultural barriers tradition barriers mm. um, to understanding of what domestic violence is so mm. and it's not just you know husband beating wife type situation there's also family violence mm. um, you know women who marry a um, you know a Australian say an Australian man of white background or European background and she mm. has no other family or social networks around here and there are also abuse cases of that too wow. the idea of isolation mm. as well so being isolated because you know you are coming to a new country and you don't have any you know external networks so for us is who we're still working out so what are some of the best ways to have this conversation, Mm. you know, because it is a very difficult conversation, you know, but also if we look at the law enforcement side as well, you know, Mm. we look where we've, you know, spoken to law enforcement in Australia and saying that, you know, if you are a, you know, white male cop, for example, and you knock on a door, you know, it's very culturally inappropriate. If you say it's a, you know, uh, you know, woman who comes Mm. from a more traditional, you know, Islamic background, 
to open a door and see like a white man at the door. So it's about respecting different cultures, different Correct. religions. And, you know, and we, you know, and we have to understand that you know, in Asia, we have a diversity of religions. Mm. It's not, mm. you know, just one type of religion, right? Correct. Correct. Um, you know, so it's quite diverse. So a lot of us at the moment are doing research in the area of um, domestic violence, talking and consulting mm. with different groups and different communities who are talking about this issue, who do take concern on this issue. Very interesting. So time for only one more question. And uh, this question is going to be for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Uh, and based on the amazing work that you're doing through the Asian Australian Alliance and supporting so many uh, Asians, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from your own learnings and from your own journey? I think first of all is um, perseverance. I mm -hmm. think it's really important. I think when you, particularly when you're working in this kind of social mm. causes area, um, it it is um, it can be very defeating mm. at times. Mm. Um, the other thing, another lesson is to also have diversity in your own team. So mm. just within our co-founder, our founders, as myself, mm. as a guy Benjamin O, who is also LGBT, and there's mm. also we also have Melina Astana, who is um, Indian background, mm -hmm. um, but she, she lives in Melbourne and she's a lawyer. Um, and so the three of us, we represent, you know, a great diversity of the different Asian, you know, categories, right? Mm -hmm. And then in our conveners and our other teams is even more diverse where we have Southeast Asian, South Asian, mixed Asians. So I think working with that diversity is extremely mm -hmm. important. Because you get mm. to learn a lot of different things that a lot of us can be blind to. So that's the second lesson. I think the, the third lesson is um, to make anything that you do do, think about what are the outcomes. Mm. Is it outcomes driven or is it just for conversation's sake? Mm. So it's good to have discussions on things, on issues. But sometimes when you have too many discussions on the same topic over and mm. over again. So just say racism, for example, and we have people having events and discussions to talk about it. But the question is, what are you going to do with it after you have that big event, after mm. you have a consultation or conference, what are you going to do about it? So one of the other things is also look at, you know, to look at outcomes driven mm. um, projects and campaigns and things like that. Mm. Very interesting. And on that note, Erin, and your three wonderful lessons, which is, Perseverance is absolutely critical. Building diversity in your own team uh, and even your colleagues today. And the third one is think about outcomes uh, of whatever you do because that's so critical. Thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about the Asian Australian Alliance, about all the work that you're doing to support the Asian community in Australia with regard to racism, representation, LGBTIQ and domestic violence against uh, Asian Australian women. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.